I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is Christine Miles, author of What Is It Costing You Not to Listen? The Power of Understanding to Connect, Influence, Solve, and Sell. The holiday season is in full swing. Holiday parties, holiday shopping, holiday decorations, and get-togethers are all part of the season as are holiday tensions and arguments. The holidays are supposed to be filled with love, laughter, good cheer, and those tiny sparkly lights that make the mood feel festive. Unfortunately, celebration often deteriorates into epic discord when family and friends gather together during the season. Christine Miles, known worldwide as the Listening Guide, says the root of most holiday tension and arguments stems from not listening to each other. She says we listen to less than 3% of what is said to us before forming an answer. This leads to increased stress and tension, especially at the holidays. She has a list of tips on how to avoid holiday arguments and tensions that will allow you to come together as a family and maybe even enjoy some of those office parties. Uh, Christine is a professional keynote speaker, consultant, executive coach, thought leader, entrepreneur, and radio host. Welcome to the show, Christine. Nice to have you on. Nice to be here. Thank you, Catherine. All right, Christine, you are the listening guide. Uh, We need you to guide us through the holidays, I guess is what we're asking you. (laughs) Yeah, we've, (laughs) we've had Thanksgiving, we have Christmas, we have New Year's, but, you know, we have holidays it seems to me they run into one another, right? We go right into, uh, uh, in the spring, we go into Passover and Easter and 4th of July. Right. So there's always a holiday. So there's always this year. There's always a holiday. And we're running a marathon right now, right? Because, you know, from Thanksgiving in the States till now is, uh, it's truly a, it's a 26, you know, mile course. So we're, we're kind of at mile 19 right now before the new year. So everybody's probably a little tired. Tired and tense and stressed out, which is, isn't that the opposite of how, how, which I said in the intro, actually, how we're supposed to be feeling? Uh, so uh, have we, or have we been able to turn it around? No. For, I hear in your voice or I hear what you're telling me. We haven't. It seems like it's getting worse. Uh, for, well, yeah, we're just so, I mean, I, I appreciated the intro so much, but what expectations we have for the holidays, right? It's, it's, we go into it with so much pressure just for it to be this, this perfect, Time and there's nothing perfect, of course, and and also the the, ho- the holidays are you know one of the most stressful times of the year for people. Ninety percent of Americans say that they're they're stressed at a higher level during the holiday season. So so you take everything else out of it and just the fact that we're we're in that state before they they even begin, we're not set up in a great way to be successful. So I think expectations is a big part of the problem. And then how we manage those expectations is part of listening, believe it or not. How do we change those expectations? Because I want to just stay on that for a little bit, like like you've mentioned. I mean, we're expected to spend a lot of money, which we probably don't even have, right? We travel to places that we haven't been to. We maybe, that might bother us. We might be frightened. We have, I don't know, we have guests or we have relatives who visit who we don't really want to see to begin with. I mean, you can go through the whole (laughs) list, right, of those Right. The <laughs> yeah. food, like we eat more than, you know, we're, we're eating more than we, we normally do a lot of us. And so there's a lot of, there's a lot of contributing factors here. 
And I, I do think that falls under, you know, what's the story we're told and what's the story we're telling ourselves? What, what is the expectations or are the expectations for the holidays? And what are we listening to? We don't have to buy into the notion that it has to be just this perfect time. It, it, it should be a time that we, you know, we find the joy and we also manage the discomfort of it and realize that that's okay too. It doesn't have to be all wonderment. Uh, but that is part of, that is part of what we think is expected of us. I think by and large, many of us feel that way. And it kicks off a lot of loneliness for people, as I'm sure you're aware, and stress. Um, and even positive stress is, is still stress. So, so there's a lot of factors here, um, going on. So how do we mitigate this increased stress and tension? What do we do? Change our expectations? I would assume that would be one thing that we could do. Uh, I think it helps. Yeah, I do. I think it helps to start there and realize that. And also, you know, sometimes you've got to know, you know, we we can hope for the best, but we also have to go in realistic. What are our hot buttons? Like, this is part of listening. We first have to know ourselves and listen to what's okay and not okay with us. And then that helps us prepare for the more difficult or tense times. You said sometimes we're traveling and we're or we're seeing people we want to see, people we don't want to see. So when we start to pay attention to what some of those emotional triggers can be for us, it helps us be better set up for the for the situation that we're going into. So we have to listen to ourselves first, understand where we're coming from. This is what I hear you saying. And then we'll be able to communicate and listen better to those who we are involved with at the holiday, during the holiday season, right? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know that, I don't know that we necessarily think about listening as a part of it is listening to ourselves. You know, I think that's why listening is the off the the ultimate emotional intelligence skill and raises EQ because you learn to listen to yourself first and then you also learn to listen to others so you become more self-aware and aware of others which is really the foundation for building those that emotional IQ um, muscle which is so important and I think you know having language you know, for ourselves and listening really helps us navigate any stressful time and these predictable stressful times of the holidays. Let's set up a scenario because I, I always like to do that. Like, you know, put a face on it. Okay. And one thing, yeah. you know, everything has, let's take this one. I think either you or I mentioned it, but everything has to be perfect. And you're trying yeah. what, yeah. Okay. Every, and why does it, well, I don't know, but we have to take a look at ourselves. Does it have to be perfect? Or do you have a partner or a spouse who also goes along with that expectation? Everything has to be perfect. How do you, what do you do in that kind of a situation? Yeah. Well, I, I think the first question is who's, you know, who is expecting us, uh, that of us, uh, is it me? Is it others? I mean, we, we look, I think this comes from a very, wonderful place for most people is that we want to make the holidays be everything you described in the opening, right? The twinkling lights, the the joyful times coming together. We want our kids to have wonderful moments, our families, and we and we can get caught up in that, and that can create so much stress. So, I, so you know, I think, look, that's the first step is just knowing where is that coming from? Is it my spouse? Is it me? Is it my family? And are there things that I can I can let go of? Because, again, we're never going to be at our best when we're stressed. Uh, I've done a lot of work with organizations and, and people throughout the years. And, you know, we become more of who we are when we're stressed, not less of who we are. So, so our fuse gets shorter. And then when we're, when we're, you know, bumping up against things that 
are difficult. And, you know, as much as we love our families, we also have disagreements and we don't see everything the same way. Then we're just more likely to react rather than, as you said in the opening, to respond. What happens when we're sitting at the dinner table? This is the, the holiday dinner. And stuff yeah. begins, yeah, and it really begins to unfold. And I, I don't know if I mentioned this in the beginning, but, you know, there are now particularly, there are all the, the political divide. There's so many different discussions that we can have that cause stress and tension. What do we do? We're, we're, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's such a great question. Hopefully you didn't have that experience over the holidays, but I have a No, I had a different listeners. one, and I'm going to share it with you. I didn't have it. I actually had the opposite, but... When you after you, okay. yeah, I'll tell you. Okay, yeah. Well, so here's what most people say: I would like to just avoid that, and there are ways to try to get ahead of it and avoid it in advance. So, you know, if you can kind of have the family meeting or the discussions ahead of time and say these are the topics we're going to avoid, let's, you know, that's that's a good strategy. The the problem is somebody, you know, as people often say, well, what if so and so has a little too much to drink or things get heated, and somebody just kind of crosses over and says, those rules don't work anymore. So how do you navigate it? The, that's so I'll put you in that, you know, you're at the table and you've done everything right to get there and it still isn't working. You know, what happens is we, we really do want to try to convince people to a different point of view when we believe they're wrong. I, I did an interview the other day. What if you think somebody's just being dumb? Well, that's reasonable. Um, and how do you tell them? And I said, well, you have to decide if you want to, for one. Yeah. But it's, it's um, you know, when we disagree, that's what happens. We go, this is dumb. This is ridiculous. Let me try to change your mind, change your heart, which rarely works with what we say. So it's it's really about, I think, shifting to, I don't have to agree with anything the person says, but I can show that I understand it. And that's the difference. If you listen to understand rather than just listening to respond, I think what happens is people think if I show understanding, it means that I agree with what they're saying. And in fact, what you're doing is what great negotiators do, hostage negotiators, business negotiators. They're showing the understanding so that you have some common ground. It doesn't mean you have to agree with that person. Yeah, I think that's well said. And I think somebody had said to me uh, once on a show that uh, they, when this kind of thing happens, they'll sit there and they'll think, okay, does this have to be set, you know, they're responding to somebody perhaps who says something they don't like uh, and they want to say something. They take a look at themselves and say, does this need to be said? Does it need to be said by me? And does it need to be said by me now? And that kind of mm-hmm. stuck with me. Uh, the, you know, that that kind of it, going along with what you said, it, it really works. But here's something else. I went to a party or we went to a party, my partner and I, he and I, we went to a, a it was in the evening and a Christmas Eve party. Great fun. We had a good time. But before mm-hmm. we went, he said to me, what's on the table? What can we talk about? What am I not supposed to say? What are the topics? Good for so him. I, well, yeah. well but done. What hap- well but Christine, done what happened, <laughs> but I have to tell you what happened was when we got there, everybody, I think it sort of was very, it was a self-reflective group, you know, and we didn't hit on the hot topics, but at some point we were just kind of storytelling and it may have been a little more interesting if we could have gotten into some perhaps more, not, you know, not causing a lot of stress and tension, but, you know, it, interesting, controversial uh, conversation. So it, you know, 
um, it's we're watering it down so much, aren't watering, we? That we're yeah. losing the. Yeah, it's so so good for your friends, and that everybody's trying to be so respectful. And I think that's obviously very wonderful. But I appreciate what you're saying because I I think that we're really missing big opportunities. That that first of all, fundamentally, most of us agree about. Even if we go to the politics, we tend to agree more than disagree. But we go to the hottest areas that where we disagree, and that's what we focus on. Um, and this is why understanding really helps, because I learned something, even if I fundamentally disagree with whatever the person saying, if I seek to understand their perspective. It, again, doesn't mean I have to agree with it. And I think that's what's getting lost in our correctness, because we're, we're, not, we're not taught how to have these dialogues around difficult issues, and we're being fed a lot of discord. So we're going in already thinking we're going to fight rather than have a conversation. And I think, you know, if we, if everybody could agree to under, seek to understand versus seek to agree, we'd be a lot further along. I, I wrote about this in the book. I really struggle with the statement, let's just agree to disagree. I think that's so like we're on the opposite sides of the world rather than let's agree to understand. That doesn't mean we have to fundamentally agree about the issues, but we can seek to understand one another. Just listen, listen, listen. And I think what you, and also what you just mentioned, I think is critical. I will learn something. I will learn something from somebody who yeah. completely doesn't have my point of view. If I can just hold back and yeah. listen, as you say, uh, yeah. And uh, I, I will become educated. I don't, yeah, we don't have to engage in this big debate because that's not, you know, it's not going to go anywhere. But we can still what you're saying is you don't have to have boring conversations. You will learn something right. from some <laughs> somebody. I had a you, I had like a, a conversation um, in the summer with um, my my partner's um, uh, his older brother about transgender. I mean, this is a very complicated issue, and you know we didn't agree about all aspects in the conversation, but. I, you know, it was so delightful to have a conversation with someone where we were trying to figure it out, things that maybe I didn't understand about his point of view and I didn't, he didn't understand about mine. And it felt very healthy to me because we're not supposed to see everything the same way. And that's how progress happens. And, you know, just from a learning perspective, and this is part of why part of our mission is to really make sure that we're learning the skills of listening to understand starting at a very young age, is that 85% of what we learn is through listening. And it's a skill that's never taught or rarely taught. If somebody's been taught it, it's usually at a very you know, small margin and, and only 2% of the population's had any kind of listening training. So, But 85% of what we learn. So when we shut down these conversations, we're, we're, we're really not learning. Education, I, it, that's the word that keeps popping up in my mind. As you say, learning, education, take a look at it, look at it, have the conversation through a different filter, I guess is what we're talking yeah. about, right? I mean, I think that's important. Yeah. So, uh, okay, what? all right, so we, because uh, in the beginning, I think, I, I don't know if I read this or not in the uh, intro, but you have a list of tips. Are we covering these tips or are there more tips that we need to know? <laughs> well, let me, let me give you, let me try to say, so that I'm, I'm telling your listeners what to do, listen to understand, but not really how to do it. So let me give you a how to do it. So the first is, is understand that you're not focusing on agreement. Okay. So that's tip one, because again, that's often where we get locked up is that I don't agree. And if I don't just tell you, I don't agree, that means you're going to think I agree. 
but understanding and agreement aren't anything to do with each other. So that's tip one. Tip two is let me tell you how to how to show you that I understand. So let's let's say somebody tells you you know something politically that you again vehemently disagree with. I, the most powerful story you can tell someone, like because we know storytelling is a very powerful way to communicate, is their own. So to communicate understanding, it's not just about repeating back. It's really about becoming a storyteller to the person that you just listened to. Tell them the story they just told you from beginning to ending to new beginning, facts and feelings. Summarize that in 30 to 90 seconds and watch what happens. It's amazing how much that creates connection and de-escalates complicated conversations when I'm able to tell you the story you just told me. Yeah, well, that's an example. Actually, therapists do that. That counselors do that. Uh, yes, that's right. Yeah, they're, they're, they're great listeners, and journalists do that because those professionals are story gatherers. They are there to gather the story to understand to help you know be able to have the person in the therapy case to to recraft their story, right? To to find a new way to understand what they've been through, so they can find a different way to move forward. Journalists do that to uncover the story so they can tell it. So seeking to understand and tell, becoming that storyteller are the, are the um, skills of, of great listeners. One of the things, and this, this kind of relates to it, uh, and I'm not sure where I got this from, but the, they, whoever they are, or wherever I got this from, will <laughs> say, you know, you, try and read a book or go to a film that you would never go to. Don't keep going to the Mm. films that you love, that you like, that you, or even the actors go to something you don't like, go to see an actor that you don't like, see a film, read a book. And that works too. It it sort of is, it's, Mm. it's, it's, it's what you're saying to do. I mean, when you're communicating uh, while we're talking about the holidays, but when you're communicating with someone that you disagree with, it's sort of is a, an easy way to kind of get into feeling comfortable about doing that. And it works. It does work. And, and we learned something. And again, you know, I can, I can walk away from that film and, and understand more without, you know, it meaning that I have to buy into every aspect of it or start to like that actor, but I can appreciate the person or the story in a different way. And um, I think that's so important to reconnect us because digital Digital devices are expecting us to, we're, it, it trains us to go after what we already know, right? It, it, the AI does that. It's like if you Google something regularly, the first things that come up on Google are the things that are familiar, not the things that are not familiar. So we're getting habituated more and more and more to only see what we, quote, like rather than what we dislike or don't agree with. And so that's that's troubling to me. Because this isn't where innovation comes from. This isn't where connection comes from. Because we're not all we're we're snowflakes. We're not all the same, and um, we're, it's hard. We're hard pressed to find people in our lives that we're going to agree with on every single issue. Well, I started reading because I don't really understand it. I started reading Stephen Hawking's last book, supposedly for. Hmm. Uh, supposedly for the masses, for me, which I understand perhaps <laughs> half of it, but it's very interesting. It's a whole new way of looking at the world because I tend not to read those kinds of books. But and I'm actually mm-hmm. listening to it on Audible. But yeah, and and it uh, opens, 
you know, doing that just sort of opens new emotional doors as well as cognitive ones, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And, and by the way, it just, you know, to be even less lofty, if you just want to de-escalate and feel better in situations, you'll give the gift of understanding, but what you'll get back is less contention believe it or not. It's, it's, it's also what great customer service representatives do when they have infuriated customers for good reasons and not so good reasons is when they show understanding, when they're able to express not just empathy like I'm sorry, but empathy like let me, let me show you understand. Let me tell you what you're going through. Then we connect and now we start to solve a different problem. Uh, so well said, because when I have the customer service person telling me that they're sorry, I, I start getting, please do not tell me you're sorry. <laughs> That's not what I want yeah, to hear. It's, it's kind of meaningless, right? Yeah. But what if they tell you, you know, it sounds like you waited three days, you were promised to call back, the, you weren't called back, now you've had to call me, you've wasted your time, you're feeling upset, now how are you feeling? Yeah. yeah. A lot better, right? A lot better. Yeah. I mean, it, it works. That's very true. And uh, I th- obviously, all of us have had both both conversations. Okay. What would you say was your and worst for you? What conversation do you think you were engaged in or have been engaged in in the past that probably was the most difficult for you to uh, mitigate the tension and the stress and do just what we've been talking about? Well, um this is so this is so ingrained in me that I, I have conversations like this, you know, not, I don't want to say every day, but probably close every day because I'm in the business of having um tell people what they don't want to hear. So those conversations for most people are pretty difficult. The reason I don't find them as difficult is because I make sure I let the person know I completely understand them before I dare to tell them what they don't want to hear. Um, but, you know, on a personal level, of course, my, my buttons get pushed uh, emotionally as, as well. Uh, but, it, but, but I, you know, again, reflexively, I, I know the, <laughs> yeah. I know the trick, right? <laughs> I yeah. know the trick is to, you know, just take a moment and say, Hey, let me see if I understand you. Let me see if I get you. And, and, and repeat that back. You know, one of the things that's hard is sometimes when you are a really good listener, you might relate to this a little bit, is that you don't always get it to the same degree back. And that can feel a little, a little difficult because we all, I believe, it is my fundamental belief that we all are thirsting to be understood. And so giving that gift is, is very powerful and very rewarding. And it's sometimes hard when you don't get it back as much as you give it. So, so that, that can be the, you know, for me, that could, when somebody says, I understand, I go, well, nothing makes me feel less understood than when you say the words, <laughs> I understand, <laughs> much like I'm sorry. So I, but what I do is I go, can you, can you tell me more about what you understand? So I lead the person as much as possible to showing me they understand me. Yeah, I understand is sort of like you're hearing them say, okay, I'm done with this conversation. I understand. Goodbye. Uh, and yeah, well, you, you don't let them off the hook because you do this every day, like you said. So doing it every day, because I do want to mention this, you the consulting and training business, you have Equip, right? This is what you do. Yeah. So that's, that's helping companies. Yeah. And you have, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I, the reason I wanted to pause you is it is it is helping companies, and we're 
but we're but inside those companies we're helping parents we're helping uncles and aunts and and sisters and brothers and so that's what's so even though we're impacting business we're impacting the relationships that they have both inside and outside business and our our mission in 2024 is to bring listening education into classrooms starting in elementary school because if you learn to ski at five you're a much better skier than you learn at if you learn at 35 or 45, and that's what we're doing with listening. We're, this is one of the most important communication skills that is, like I said, rarely taught. And we learn to learn in elementary school. So if we're learning 85% of what we learn through listening and never teaching it, we have a huge gap in what we're providing uh, to young people to get them ready for, for the world. So you are injecting it into their DNA. That's Good work. <laughs> that is, that is, yeah. that is, yeah. And, and in a simple, uh, in a simple way. And, and look, the, the teachers are going to be the, the ultimate, um, the ultimate listening guides because when they, when we enable them in the classroom, they're going to, they can help scale the mission of helping children listen differently. So they're the real heroes uh, of the future because I, they, I think they want it and they need it, it's just it, they're already overloaded and curriculum tired. And so what we've done is made it, um, they're, you know, 15-minute lessons that they can bring into the classroom that impact every aspect of classroom management from learning to, to dealing with parents to helping kids pay better attention. So, but they're, the, they're going to be the real heroes of the mission to scale this. That's fantastic. So equip. Uh, well, this is sort of, we have a couple minutes left. So give us... Uh, website or websites to go to so we can get more information in terms of what we've been talking about, about your business. And also there's another workshop that you created, which I'm mentioning quickly, the listening path. So uh, where where do we, yeah, go for that? So, so the listening path is actually how people can find us most easily. So the company is equipped and that's E-Q-U-I-P-T because we really equip people with the the human skills and listening is the foundation of the house, but they can find us on the website at the listening path. Um, they'll see that we're, you know, in 2024, we'll be launching the school products. We still serve organizations as well. And, um, and then they can find us at the same place on social media. Great. Great. Thanks so much for being on the show again today. This was really fun. And I, as always, I always learn a lot from you. The title of the, her, of uh, Christine's book What is it costing you not to listen? The power of understanding to connect, influence, solve, and sell. Um, Thank you again. I really appreciate it. Oh, such a pleasure and a great listener, by the way. Thank you. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. (laughs) 